Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan, and today it's actually just me, so you only get to hear me today. Um, Hopefully that's not horrible for you, but I figured today when it's just me, uh, we'll talk a little bit about something I realize we haven't talked about at all. And the question that I want to address is, why are we hearing these stories literally twice? So because we're doing this in an audio Bible kind of a format where we just read exactly what the readings are for the day, uh, especially when it comes to the story of Saul, of David, of Solomon, you're getting to hear all of these stories twice. We've actually joked about this before, how it seems very redundant and kind of a waste of time to tell you almost exactly the same stories two different times. Uh, That's because we're reading uh, the accounts from Samuel and Kings, as well as the accounts from 1st and 2nd Chronicles. Um, so when we're doing that, we're we're getting a record from different books, and those books were written at different times. Um, so when we look at the, the book of Samuel, the book of uh, Kings, we are looking at literature that was written for people in Israel. They were pretty much about to go into exile. So this would be like the late 500 B.C., um, and really what they were trying to do is they were being conquered and Jerusalem was being destroyed. They were trying to collect like a, a meaningful account of their history so that their descendants would know, you know, who they are, what their stories are, what their history is. And so a lot of times in those books, uh, you'll see like a lot of detail about who these people are. And a lot of times it's it's not very flattering. I know we've had uh, Lindsay Lotzball on before. She was talking specifically about um, how it's interesting that there's some pretty embarrassing accounts in the book of Samuel specifically, and also in the book of Kings, uh, that just makes David seem like not a great guy. Uh, now, when you look at Chronicles, if you look for some of those embarrassing stories specifically about David, you won't find them. So one of the, the greatest examples of this is if you go looking in First Chronicles for the story of David and Bathsheba, where he commits adultery and has a woman's husband killed, uh, you won't find it. It's not in Chronicles. Uh, and the reason with that is actually the the motivation of the writer. A lot of people think that Chronicles was written later on uh, after the the Jews had returned from exile. Uh, and the the prevailing idea at that time was that the a lot of the reason the Hebrews were taken into exile is because they were not loyal to their king, uh, and the kingdom actually splits. We'll see that happen later on in this in this story. Uh, but it seems like maybe what the writer wanted to do was present a better picture of their leaders um, so that there could be some kind of unifying thing to look forward to in the future. Another thing that you'll find in Chronicles is kind of this idea that there is a, a better king coming. The writer of Chronicles seems to be more interested in the future than just recording the past. Um, so that's why when we read over these these books, I would actually I would actually challenge you if you're a regular listener, just listen with that kind of an ear. When we say we're listening from Kings, listen for someone who's writing just to record history. When we listen to a passage from Chronicles, uh, listen for someone who is purposely writing, looking ahead, looking forward, uh, trying to unify people around this idea of David's line lasting forever and God keeping his promise, keeping his covenants. Uh, It's actually kind of interesting with that in mind. I really should have brought that up sooner than right now, but that's why we're dealing with making sure we read these stories over and over again, because we're actually dealing with two different accounts uh, with several hundred years in between. Um, 
that's what we're working on. If you have any questions about that, feel free. You can send me an email. Uh, I can dig into that a little bit further with you. Uh, but that's kind of like a bird's eye view of what's going on. So today, what we're looking at specifically, the, the temple has been built. Uh, there is this dedication of the temple. Uh, God actually comes and dwells in the temple in this like pillar of smoke. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool picture. Uh, they bring the ark to the temple. God dwells in the temple, and then there's this prayer and this dedication. Um, what's interesting to me in the dedication, again, with these things in mind of these two different writers with these two different subtle motivations, um, there's, there, there is some forward-looking things in Chronicles that are not as present in Kings. And one of the things I want to list specifically is how Solomon talks about his father David and David's relationship with God. Uh, the writer in Chronicles is much more explicit about how God is going to keep his promise to David and it's going to last into the future. There's an interesting thing going on here in uh, the Chronicles passage in verse 32. It says, In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you. They will come from distant lands when they hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. Um, what's what's interesting here to me is that this author, again, he's on the back side of this exile. He's um, really trying to help people understand their history and also their God. Uh, but what is cool is that he's making this provision that I think they're probably already seeing that there's a significant amount of people who aren't Hebrew-born people, they're not Jewish people, uh, that are looking to, to get relationship with Yahweh, and Yahweh is so great that he's going to enjoy relationship with foreigners and people from outside circles. Uh, this is actually something that, that was difficult for people to understand, even into Jesus' day, where the disciples were having a really hard time with Jesus interacting with all these people who weren't Jewish. I'm um, thinking specifically like maybe the Syrophoenician woman where Jesus is, is, you know, interacting with her in a way that basically says like, hey, I'm not sure this is your time. Um, we think about Jesus walking through the Samaria, talking to Samaritans. The, the disciples had a really significant problem with that. Um, that is a concept that people apparently had a pretty hard time grasping even into the future. There's another piece here that's kind of interesting where they talk specifically about if the people sin, if they do evil, if they act wickedly and they get carried into exile. Um, this is like basically a firsthand account. They know that this is going to happen because they've already seen it happen. They know that there was this catastrophic failure of the kingdoms and basically the people were carried away from their cities. Uh, and so basically what the writer is saying in Kings and in Chronicles is that if people humble themselves and they pray, they repent, and they pray, and call on God, he will hear them, forgive them, and restore them, which is pretty cool, because that's definitely still true for us today. If we come to a place where we recognize the sin that's in our lives, the the, the things that we're doing that fall short of God, if we repent of those things, if we turn our heart away from those things and closer to God, he will hear our prayers, he will forgive us, and we'll have right relationship with him, and that can only be through Jesus. Now, the, the writer of Kings and of Chronicles didn't know specifically that it would be Jesus, but the writer of Chronicles does look forward to this time where there will be, you know, a more powerful king who can unite the people, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the king who sits on David's throne forever, uh, and really is the way that, that God reveals himself to the world, much like Israel would have been at that time. So it is a little bit of a subtle thing, um, but it is pretty cool to see in these couple of passages. I think 
the way that the writer is looking forward to the way that God is going to continue to care for his people, because we are present in that story. God is continuing to care for us. Uh, we don't have to pray towards the temple. We turn our hearts closer to Jesus, to God's provision. He forgives us. He cleanses of all sin, and we have right relationship with him, and we're so thankful for that. So I hope you're getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, I am enjoying going on this journey with you. I'm actually learning quite a bit myself. So we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye. First Kings 8 Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn in the month of Ethnium. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the priests picked up the ark. The priests and Levites brought up the ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priests carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the Ark, forming a canopy over the Ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that the ends could, could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the Ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. Second Chronicles 5 So Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts of his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the various articles, and he stored them in the treasuries of the temple of God. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of Israel. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the Levites picked up the Ark. The priests and Levites brought up the Ark along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and carrying the pole, and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left Egypt. Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites, who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, and all their sons and brothers, were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. 
Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. 1 Kings 8 Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel standing before him and gave this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. For he told my father, From the day I brought my people out of Egypt, I have, ne- I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name. But I have chosen David to be king over my people. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build the temple to honor my name. Your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promise he made, for I have become king in my father's place, and now I sit on the throne of Israel just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, and I have prepared a place there for the ark, which contains the covenant that the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Second Chronicles 6 When Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel standing before them and gave this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. For he told my father, From the day I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as a place where a temple should be built to honor my name. Nor have I chosen a king to lead my people of Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem as a place for my name to be honored, and I have chosen David to be the king over my people. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build the temple to honor my name. Your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promise he made, for I have become king in my father's place. And now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have placed the ark, which contains the covenant that the God made with the people of Israel. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel. He lifted his hands towards heaven, and he prayed, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven above or on the earth below. You keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. You've kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands you fulfilled it today. And now, O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow me as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David, my father. But will God really live on earth? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you today. May you watch over this temple night and day, this place where you have said my name will be there. May you always hear the prayers I make towards this place. May you hear the humble and earnest requests from me and your people Israel when we pray towards this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live, and when you hear, forgive. 
If someone wrongs another person is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Punish the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. If your people Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn to you and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and return them to this land you gave their ancestors. If the skies are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and if they pray toward this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins because you punished them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people in Israel. Teach them to follow the right path and send rain on your land that you have given your people as their special possession. If there is famine in the land, or a plague, or crop disease, or attacks of locusts, or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people pray about their troubles, raising their hands toward the temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. Then you will fear, then they will fear as long as they live in the land you gave your ancestors. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you. They will come from distant lands because of your name, for they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of earth will come to know and fear you, just as your own people, Israel, do. They too will know that this temple I have built honors your name. If your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies, and if they pray to the Lord by turning toward this city you have chosen and toward this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers from up from heaven and uphold their cause. If they sin against you, and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them and let their enemies conquer them and take them captive to their land far away or near. But in the land of exile... They might return to you in repentance and pray. We have sinned, done evil, and acted wickedly. If they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of their enemies, and pray toward the land you gave to their ancestors, toward this city you have chosen, and toward this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers and their petition from heaven where you live and uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you. Make their captors merciful to them. For they are your people, your special possession, whom you brought out of the iron-smelting furnace of Egypt. May your eyes be open to my requests and to the requests of your people Israel. May you hear and answer them whenever they cry out to you. For when you brought our ancestors out of Egypt, O sovereign Lord, you told your servant Moses that you had set Israel apart from all other nations of the earth to be your own special possession. Second Chronicles 6 Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel. He lifted his hands in prayer. Now Solomon had made a bronze platform seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high, and had placed it at the center of the temple's outer courtyard. He stood on the platform, and then he knelt in front of the entire community of Israel and lifted his hands towards heaven. He prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven and earth. You keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in wholehearted devotion. You've kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth, and with your own hands you fulfilled it today. And now, O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow my law as you have done, 
One of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O Lord, God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David. But will God really live on earth among people? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have built. Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea. O Lord my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you. May you watch over this temple day and night, this place where you have said you would put your name. May you always hear the prayers I make towards this place. May you hear the humble and earnest request from me and your people Israel when we pray towards this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live, and when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar at this temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Pay back the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. If your people Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn back and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and return them to this land you gave them and to their ancestors. If the skies are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and if they pray towards this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins because you have punished them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them to follow the right path and send rain on your land that you have given to your people as their special possession. If there is a famine in the land, or a plague, or crop disease, or attack of locusts or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people Israel pray about their troubles or sorrow raising their hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. Then they will fear you and walk in your ways as long as they live in the land you gave your ancestors. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will hear you. They will come from distant lands when they hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you, just as your own people Israel do. They too will know that this temple I have built honors your name. If your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies, and if they pray to you by turning toward this city you have chosen and toward this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear the prayers from heaven and uphold their cause. If they sin against you, and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them and let their enemies conquer them and take them captive to a foreign land far away or near. But in the land, that land of exile, they might turn to you in repentance and pray, We have sinned, done evil, and acted wickedly. If they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of their captivity and pray toward the land that you gave to their ancestors, toward this city you have chosen, and toward this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers and their petitions from heaven where you live and uphold their cause. Forgive you your people who have sinned against you. O oh my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place. And now arise, O oh Lord God, and enter your resting place along with the ark the symbol of your power. May your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your loyal servants rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not reject the king you have anointed. Remember your unfailing love for your servant David. 
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.